Hi, this is Jim Lobato. I'm the president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on BizTalk Radio Show. I started BizTalk so you can have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group, which is in the business of helping the leadership of growth-oriented companies realize their potential. We do this by working with their sales force and helping those individuals discover and develop their unique abilities and then align those abilities with their opportunities. That's why we're known as a sales force development company. I hope you enjoy this podcast. On our program is George Cougier. He's the co-chairman of Partner America, a partnership between his company, American Management Services, and the U.S. Conference of Mayors which is comprised of several hundred mayors. As chairman and founder of American Management Services, a management firm that specializes in turning around small and mid-sized businesses, Cloutier and his team have worked with 7,000 companies across 400 industries. Together with his staff of consultants, he has brought thousands from the brink of bankruptcy to double-digit profit growth. George, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. And the, the thing we want to mention, too, is that not only in addition to working with those businesses and turn around, you put some of your best thoughts together in a new book that's been released, Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing, a no-nonsense rules from the ultimate contrarian of small business guru. So we're great to have you on the program because I think your timing couldn't be any better given the situations that are going on. Right. Small businesses across the country are all facing tough times. Um, they have to get working much harder than they have in the past, and it's a critical time for success. George, let's get right into it, because I found your book scaring. <laughs> I, scaring because it was... It, it's not Halloween anymore. Yeah, it's not Okay. Well, what I mean by that is that you really don't beat around the bush. You have these 15 rules in your book, and I do run a small business, and I think, and I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And you read your book, and it's like, wow, I think I'm doing a good job, but there appears to be a lot of room for improvement. We had a fellow the other day who bought a book at the airport in L.A. who called us and said, I hate myself. Um, I'm doing everything wrong. I didn't sleep for two nights, so I've read your book, but I'm going to follow it right down the line. Yeah. And so is that, the, that must be the benefit of that, because even though I didn't like what I read, I found it very motivating. Well, I think that, you know, the, some people say the book is, we said the book is controversial. Um, but we also want to get your attention, and we're not trying to be too harsh, but sometimes we all need a dose of reality. And I wrote this book, as I, and I'm calling it as I've seen it for 25 years and 7,000 businesses. Okay, George, let's talk about some of the things that are directly in there that, that got my attention. First of all, you talked about how the economy is no excuse for a business not performing. Boy, if there ever was a chance for someone to make an excuse, surely it's been the Great Recession. So how do you make the statement that we can't really blame the economy for poor performance in our business? Well, I think that um, obviously the economy affects everyone's business. But if you've been doing the right thing, if you've stayed aggressive, if you've focused, you'll do better than you would have done if you hadn't. So instead of being down 20, 30, 40 percent, you should only be down 20 percent. So we, you have to take responsibility yourself. Be 
because it's so easy to blame a bad sales manager, bad luck, clients don't know more customers or, you know, not focused on their business. It's easy to blame someone else. But the best thing is to look in the mirror, uh, blame yourself, fix it, and go forward. You address in your book, which most people we've had on this program have not been able to articulate, and that's the part of being in denial. And I like your joke you had in the book that denial is not a, you know, what, a river in Egypt or something like that. Or <laughs> Robin Williams says he's so far in denial that he was in the Suez. But, but my point is that very few people address that. that you, you read these books that talk about how to turn things around or you should focus on this. And it's been my experience that some people just don't look in the mirror and it causes the problems. So how do you get people to get that reality check things aren't going as well as they should be? Well, first, we don't start out by saying, wow, how smart you are. We say, you're in the bottom quartile of your industry. How do you feel about that? And business owners, you know, have almost thrown things at me when I say that to them. Or we'll say, you're technically bankrupt. How do you feel about that? The idea is to get you, force you to look in the mirror. And I've had people who say, I can't believe you're saying that to me. Well, I'm not here to kiss your cheeks, buddy. I'm here to make you make some money. This happened just this week. I was sitting down with one of the owners of the company, and their salespeople aren't generating new leads. They want the company to generate the leads. That's what they've been used to before. They're not cross-selling and upselling the new product lines that the company brought in to, to do those things. And basically, revenues are off. In the next breath, he says, we're going to be laying people off. And I said, you mean the salespeople? He goes, no, we're laying some of the warehouse people off and some of our shipping people off. And it doesn't make sense to me that one aspect isn't performing, so you're going to penalize the other side of that. So what advice would you give that business owner? Well, that business owner should sit down with each of his salespeople and say, you know, I really need you to make this goal this week or this month. And if you can't do that, you should start looking for another job. And by the way, I'm not going to pay you not to perform. So here's your new compensation plan, which says if you don't make your quotas for the week, which are reasonable, if you don't do as I've asked you, then you'll just make half as much money. And maybe then get them going. And at the end of the day, if you can't get the people going, you change the people. Is that the true with the other thing I hear people saying right now, that they they can't get their senior salespeople to change with the times? So what do you do with the, the senior salespeople, meaning they got the experience, they got the relationships, they have uh, handling probably most of the major accounts, and there's just the, the fear on the part of the company to disrupt that, but at the same time, they complain that they're not adjusting to what's going on with current market conditions. Is it the same well, advice? I think that the senior salesmen need exactly what I just said, which is you may have been here a long time, you may have worked hard, which you've done, but we simply can't pay you not to perform. We simply can't pay you to not, not to perform. So if we can't get going, then this may not be the place for you, you, know, this may not be the place for you to retire from. We're talking with George Cloutier. His book, Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing, recently released. A must-read if you're a mid- to small-sized business 
because his 15 rules are just priceless. And one of the things you talked about in uh, one of your 15 rules that I want to draw attention to, it's the fact of don't really delegate, but don't abdicate your authority. What did you mean by that? And how does that affect these businesses when you see it happening? One of the biggest things that's thrown around is, oh, I don't want to be, you know, you shouldn't be a control freak. Um, you should delegate responsibilities and everything will just be hunky-dory. Well, you you can delegate out responsibilities, whether it's sales or administration or production, but you have to turn around, go back and check. More money is lost by owners who rely on um, what they've said rather than actually seeing it happen. So you have to turn around, go back, delegate the the responsibility, but check to make sure it's really happening, and check regularly. We have a, some. We actually just ordered some buttons today called "I Am a Control Freak" and proud of it. So don't be afraid to be a control freak as an owner. Businesses today, it appears that everything is open to examination, and we're rethinking everything. And you consistently talk in your book about how when you come in to work with companies, the first thing you do is stop the cash leaks. Now, I would venture to say some of the people in the audience, whether they're the managers or owners, are saying, well, we've already done that. But I suspect, George, that you probably look at that a little bit deeper. What are some of the common cash leaks you see in companies that when you work with them? Well, one of the things that happens is that Companies look like sales are okay or profits are, you know, break-even or doing slightly better, but they don't check to see that the cash is being cash equal, cash inflow equals cash outflow. And there's a tendency to uh, spend spend money too fast, um, not consistent with what is coming in, and not looking at it very aggressively. So we say to business owners, send, do the checks yourself. In other words, look at every check. Make sure it's the right time. See if you can get a little extra room on the timing and try to make a little extra money on that uh, transaction. Some of the comments in your book that got my attention were pay for performance, but you're not just talking about salespeople. Some, you know, most people are used to that. You're talking about everybody is pay for performance. And also you talk about because of that, there's just really no more raises. Right. You can, it, what I suggest and firmly mean and I'm doing in our company, which has 125 employees, is we're saying we're not doing raises unless the company's doing better. So it doesn't make any difference whether you're the receptionist, whether you're the controller, whether you're the manufacturing manager. We can't pay more money on a hope. We have to pay more money on performance. So we need the company to have its sales goals up 10% next year. We can pay you if we meet those sales goals. If we don't, your earnings will be flat just like the rest of us. The response to that usually is? The response is, oh, my goodness, I need a raise, I need a raise. But, frankly, it's a little easier right now because everyone's very concerned about their job, and as are business owners. So the business owner is not there to be the plug figure 
in your need for a raise. That's tough language. That's tough talk. But the business owner is there to share profits with you, not overpay you so there are no profits. Because at the end of the day, everybody loses when the business fails. I want to go back in time. You're just out of college, right? Right. And you say to yourself, this is what I'm going to go off and do. If I understand your history right, it wasn't really going to the corporate world and taking those jobs, even though you had the degree from Harvard and it probably would have opened some doors for you. Yet you decide to go down this road. What did you find exciting about working with small to mid-sized businesses and helping them out? I think that the the first thing in a small to mid-sized company, you your actions every day determine the success or failure of the company. So you get instant, almost instant feedback every day, every week on how you're doing. And I think for me, the gratification of seeing something do better or actually hatch from an idea uh, and grow is just very exciting. And it's a lot of quick feedback. You don't have to wait five years at the bank to see how you're doing. Um, you, you get that feedback on how you're doing. And frankly, if you're doing something wrong, it forces you to change. So you have to be quick on your feet. And I love it because it's very consuming. You're never bored when you're working in a smaller mid-sized company. Some of the things that you point out in the book are a look at reality. Some of them are just interesting ideas. But I get the impression, George, that from a very early stage, that what should be done in a small to mid-sized business appeared to be overly obvious to you. Is that probably a true statement? It's, it's, it's not that it's overly obvious. I mean, that makes me... You know, that makes, tends to make me look like I'm smarter than the average Joe, and I'm really not. I'm only, I've seen 7,000 times the mistakes uh, or the successes that are made, and I think that's the part, that's why it looks obvious. Maybe we wrote it that way because we've seen it so many times. It's not always obvious, but if you follow the basic rule, profits on everything, they're the only thing. You will make the right decisions. One of the suggestions you put in your book, I think I got this correct, and the book we're talking about, by the way, is Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. We're talking to its author, George Cloutier, is you bring out in the book, George, that set aside a profit that you want in that company and then drive towards that. In other words, don't make that the last thing you look at. Is that one of the keys to getting profits are everything? I think one of the obvious keys is look at your industry, you know, whatever it happens to be. Say, what does a company make in the top quartile? And let's say that's 12% before taxes. Say, that's my goal. And every week and every month, I want to make that 12 cents. And I want to make it first. So look at that profit as your first expense, that 12 cents, sort of mentally think of putting it in a piggy bank, and then you have 88 cents left to run the business. So run the business, not on a dollar, run it on 88 cents, so you make sure that you have your 12 cents left over. When you're out there working with businesses, is there really a, in terms of your 15 rules, do they apply across all industries, or is wholesale distribution, 
retail or professional businesses, uh, professional service businesses, have to adjust to your rules? I think you you obviously have to use a common sense adjustment, but the rules are pretty general. Um, I tr- I try to make them the way to approach a business. So you might get a little variation, but frankly, um, you know they're really generally applicable to. of the nation's 28 million small businesses. You talk about in your book that work weekends. And there's probably some people thinking, well, I'm working probably 80 hours Monday through Friday, and now I have to work Saturday and Sunday to make this work? Well, you may have to, because if you're not fully committed and you're not making your goals, then it's not working. So you have to, when you go into a small business, when you're in one, yeah, you might have worked 80 hours during the week, but you still got Saturday and Sunday to catch up. So take a nap one day, you play golf after dark the next day, and you may have to work because that's how you get ahead and be successful in your business. If you don't want to do that, join a nonprofit or work for somebody else. You get to see a lot of businesses in the environment we're in right now What's the one piece of advice you're giving everyone currently? Really, it's two pieces of advice. Of advice, Keep cutting your costs. Keep screwing down your costs. And then on the other side, you have to wake up every morning and challenge and find ways to make your sales better. So stay all over sales and cut costs. Forget everything in between. What about sacrificing some profits to invest something in your business if you feel you're going to get the ROI? Should we still be doing that? Well, I think you part of why you want to make that first 12 cents is you want to be able to reinvest in your business as needed. Um, but be careful that you're not so busy investing for the future or reinvesting that you don't make real money, real cash profits, and that you don't finish the year in the red. Someone in our audience may be thinking right now that their cash flow is strapped, that their sales are down, they're not getting people to do what they need to do. If they find themselves in that situation, other than buying your book, what's the first thing they should do when they wake up tomorrow morning? What the first thing they should do is think about how they're going to make money that day and make that happen. So if someone is not doing as you've asked them to do, change that. Either change what they're doing or change the person. If you're not making money tomorrow, you have to say to yourself, how come I'm not making money today? And change. Raise your prices, lower your prices, uh, go see some new clients, uh, make those salespeople make the calls that you've asked them to do. Um, If they can't do that, you have to start looking for new people. So don't stay static in the face of failing a failing business. The book is Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. Our guest is George Cloutier. The website is theturnaroundace.com. That's turnaroundace.com. So, George, is there one question I should have asked you that I haven't asked you on the program today? No, I think you've, uh, I think you've done a great job of covering what's the most important issues for small businesses, small and mid-sized companies to really make some money and turn themselves around, especially in this difficult time. George, thanks for being on the program. Hey, thanks.
for having me, and uh, let's go make some money. This or other BizTalk podcast may be downloaded by visiting our website at www.biztalkradioshow.com, or you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. If you want to learn the strategies how to take your sales force to the next level, you can contact the Performance Group at 800-550-9509 or visit us on the web at www.pmgllc.net.